Welcome to Public Policy This Week, a well-rounded weekly discussion of policy issues that frame today's American experience. Good morning. It is Friday, October 21st, and you've joined us for Public Policy This Week. Today, the show takes a different turn. One of today's hosts, former Minnesota Speaker of the House and a farmer outside of Kenyon, Minnesota, Steve Swiggum, suggested that we take a field trip to a local farm to discuss the state of farming and help people better understand this complicated industry. Steve contacted his friends, the Eastrom family, who run Eastrom Farms outside of Nurstrand, Minnesota. Brothers David and Mark Eastrom, along with their late brother Kevin, took over the farm operations after their parents decided to retire, and as you will hear... They have been farming now for more than 50 years. The Eastern Farms operation has grown to 4,000 acres of crops and a contract business that finishes 5,000 hogs. With the untimely passing of Kevin Eastrom in 2020, the ownership of the farm has now grown to include a third generation, which is characterized as the silver lining that comes from a tragic family loss. We began our conversation with David Eastrom. Steve and David have known each other for many years, This initial conversation, which fittingly took place in the Eastrom's barn, touched on the operations of a farm itself to the economics of farming and the ways international unrest will affect a family-run operation in Rice County, Minnesota. Well, welcome to uh, this Friday's um, special. We're going to call it the Harvest Special for the Kim Radio Friday uh, Public Policy Meetings and Seminars. Uh, uh, This is a really special time of the year, Uh, not only fall and the beautiful leaves, uh, but we're out here harvesting uh, at the Eastrum Farm, at the Eastrum Family Farm, outside of uh, is it outside of North Strand, outside of Denison, and outside of uh, uh, Northfield. Northfield. Right. Yeah. In fact, uh, <laughs> uh, if listeners, if you could picture a right triangle with the short leg being between North Strand and Denison, the long leg being between Denison and Northfield, and the hypotenuse being between. Northfield and Nurse Strand, we would be right in the middle of that hypotenuse, I believe, right in the middle of that yeah, line. Pretty um, much. That's beautiful it. area here with the with the Eastern Farms, and we're talking today with, uh, to begin with anyway, uh, with David Eastrom. Uh, there were three brothers who started the Eastern Farms. Unfortunately, the late Kevin Eastrom, uh, your brother Dave, passed away a little while ago. Yep, about, and two and a, about two and a half years ago now, unfortunately, he passed away. And I'm sure you miss him in the operation. Every but, day, yep. This is a real family operation, it and is. that's why we wanted to come to the Eastern Family Farms, because you have, uh, you have nephews, you have sons, you have brothers, uh, some nieces all out working, and uh, today in the Harvest Special, we'll be combining beans. Uh, yeah. uh, a couple things really special about today. First of all, it's tape show, so we will be uh, uh, doing this show a little bit before the Friday it's on. Uh, Ten days from now, it'll be on the radio on Kim at, 11, at, at 10 o'clock, excuse me, at 10, 10 o'clock on, on Friday. Uh, 10 days from now. Um, the second thing is this will be the first show we do in public policy that's on the move. By on the move, what I mean is that our news director, Rich Larson, uh, is going to be orchestrating today, uh, asking a number of questions, bringing forward a lot of information. Uh, he's going to be moving from the combine to the grain cart, yeah. the tractor in the grain cart, not the grain cart, but the tractor in the grain cart, <laughs> uh, to the semi, and then maybe to the bins where uh, where the Eastrams are storing the soybeans at this t- time. Fantastic. So it'll be on the move. Uh, Rich, you want to add anything <laughs> as we begin? No, just uh, we're very, very happy to be out here. Dave, thank you very much for hosting us out here. We really do appreciate you, uh, you doing this. Um, like Steve just said, uh, we're recording this on Monday, the 10th of October. 
And uh, what we're looking for today is to learn about how, you know, what, what is the state of farming? And, and uh, there are obvious, obvious challenges to farming, um, but there's probably a lot of uh, challenges that aren't quite so obvious to uh, anyone who doesn't farm. So we want to learn a little bit about uh, the ins and outs of, of the whole thing. Um, Maybe I could just lay the parameters. Sure, absolutely. Uh, out Rich, uh, uh, Rich will be orchestrating with the Eastrums, with the uh, different brothers and or nephews that are in the combines. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, everything from yields and prices to the significant increase in the cost of inputs uh, for, for a farm. Uh, we're going to be talking about the drought conditions of this last summer uh, to the drought conditions that exist right now along the Mississippi River uh, to get the, um, the fertilizers up north and the grains back south before something bad happens like freezing rivers in the winter, which we know will be coming. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, property taxes um, to the good farmers like the Eastrums, how they take care of and conserve uh, the soils uh, for tomorrow. So we'll be, that'll be the parameters of what Rich is talking right. about. And right. Rich, go ahead. Well, first, Dave, if, if you would, tell me a little bit about Eastrum Farms. How long has the farm been in existence? I would assume it's at least a couple generations. Uh, how big? How 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 much do you farm? What do you do? What do you what do you farm out here? Well, thank you very much, Rich and and Steve, for uh, asking us to be here or to to be with you on this here um, filming deal. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> camera. harvest special. Yeah, harvest, harvest special. special. Right, but. Um, Started with my mom and dad in 1945 when they got married, and they lived in the area here. We, uh, my mom and dad had five boys and one daughter, and there's uh, two of us. It was three of us farming, but unfortunately, Kevin uh, is deceased now. But the the nice part about it, both his boys are working with me. Uh, one is full-time. The other one has a full-time job off the farm, but he's taking the month of October off. Uh, to help us out with harvest and stuff. so And that's going really good, really well. And then they also have their own entity going, um, the boys, uh, with their own farming deals cause, because I kind of wanted them to start making, you know, making decisions on their own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because... Um, Unfortunately, their dad isn't here to help them through it and stuff. And right. uh, But they're doing a wonderful job, and they ask a lot of questions, and that's I'm more than happy to help. And my son also helps us out. He was here yesterday. He does a lot of the mechanic work and uh, climbing the grain bins and uh, grain legs and stuff. He's not afraid of heights or anything, so he helps out as much as he can. He has a full-time job in town, too, and four children to, to uh, you know chase after all the time, too. So. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful deal. And then, uh, so then I, my brother, Mark, uh, we don't farm in a partnership, but we farm together. We share machinery, we, sh we share labor mm -hmm. and, uh, it's work. We've been doing this for many, many years and it's working out really well. He owns, uh, the new combine that you'll be riding in, uh, later on. And, uh, when I say, uh, you know, that's the only piece of machinery he owns, but when I say that, uh, that's probably half of what our machinery is worth. So I mean, it's, it's very, a lot of zeros. It's behind a lot that of zero number. behind that one, and we're and we and we all work together really well with it, trading labor and stuff. So 
Uh, yeah, I looked up before we came out here. I looked up the price of a combine, and uh, that's that's one hefty uh, uh, yeah. investment. Right? <laughs> it was right around half a million dollars. Or that's 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 a lot, and yeah. a little more if you include the heads. yeah. If you don't right. include the head, if yeah. you include both headers, you're pushing nine hundred thousand easily. Goodness gracious, so, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's not uh, it's not an easy thing to farm, is it? No, it is not. But that's what's nice about it, though, is as we share this machinery with his entity and then uh, the boys's and my and ours. Uh, when I say, I don't mean to say mine because even the two boys are a partnership of Eastrom Farms. Okay, uh, they took over their dad's partner or their his partnership, and um, uh, but then you look at this big green tractor out here uh, in the yard here that's you know kind of ready to hit the field. I mean, yep. we got a lot of. E- lot of equipment that needs to be paid for and right. maintained and whatnot. Right. So, and and we have uh, just very minimal hired help. We have just part-time hired help for spring and fall. It's pretty amazing how much work we can all get done, you know, uh, with a uh, little bit of help. How many acres do you farm? We are farming, you know, over 4,000 acres, 4, all of us acres. together. And so. you're, you're doing that with minimal part-time help. Yep, that's right, yeah. So. That's pretty impressive. And, and you... You have a hog operation as well, is that right? Yes, we do. We have a hog op- operation. We custom feed hogs out for a, a another family farm, and um, and I and I will say, Michael, my nephew that's farmer full time with me, he is he's in control of the hogs, and he does just a perfect job of raising really nice pigs and a timely matter, and he repairs the barns. And, and, I, and I better not forget, I got another nephew that farmed with us a lot, too. He's got a full-time job in town. Uh, but he bought my, my mom and dad's uh, building site, the home farm. And uh, he's, a, he's a blessing to us, too. He's there all the time helping with, uh, whether it's fixing, welding, doing trucking, whatever. This weekend, he ran the combine all weekend. So his name is Matt, and it's just, it's just a wonderful thing. So this is a true family-run operation. This is a true family-run operation. We Brothers, have, uh, sisters, nieces, nephews, yeah. the whole, cousins, the whole the whole thing. That's right, yeah. And, 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 and we, they all get along. That's, well, <laughs> it's interesting. Well, you that's, know, that's the miracle. <laughs> we, we can take a ribbing from each other, but we can give it right back. Oh, and sure. at the end of the day, we smile and we laugh and we talk about Kevin and... Uh, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. And, Rich, that's why I thought that the uh, Eastern family yeah. or a uh, Harvest Special would be so would be, They work together as a team so well. Right. It's, it's like a well-oiled team, a football team or yeah. a basketball team <laughs> right. or a soccer team. But they, they do really do work together. Are you saying it's not quite so like that with the Swiggum Brothers firm, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> My brothers have a little uh, stronger attitude. <laughs> or maybe it's me. Right. Yeah, it might be you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so Dave, you, you, the crops you have in the field, you've got you've got corn, you've got soybean. Any, yeah. Anything else? Nope, just corn just and soybean. Corn so, so, all right. Do you rotate every year, Dave? Uh, just about. Uh, we plant, uh, I suppose, about 400 acres of corn on corn. Okay. Uh, but we're seeing rootworm and tar spot showing up in our neck of the woods. So now we're going to be really getting close to that 50-50 rotation. So continue on that. Tell Rich why you rotate from corn to beans each yes, year. Sir. Well, in, in the past, we have grown quite a lot more corn. It's, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I call it, easier crop to handle or maintain uh soybean now this year is a piece of cake because it hasn't rained since the day we started which is unfortunate but it's been really going well uh, as far as getting the crop out of the field and we'll oh, be sure like said, we'll be wrapping up the soybeans tomorrow and uh then we go on to corn corn you know you have uh 
you know, it, it you can get a rain day, but in the afternoon you can be going again, you know. Yeah. And you don't have to wait for everything to dry down. But it's um it uh yeah, it's just better that we do it the way we're doing it. And now that so I mentioned tar spot, that's just moving up. We noticed it a little bit last year. It's moving up from the south, southeast. And um it's a new it's a new uh I well, I suppose we can call it a pest, but it's a new inconvenience of the corn plant and and it can start robbing yield pretty quick and i think it's getting here i don't think it's robbing yield yet because it came too late Mm -hmm. but there's really nothing other than fungicides to counteract that and the fungicides that we're using we're not they're not they're not holding it back so interesting we'll be i'll be visiting with my neighbors to the far east in Michigan, that farm over there in Ohio, okay. who are deal with it all the time. They're de- they've been dealing with it for years, and they are. But they're seeing it. Their fungicide is not holding it back this year either. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. So when when something like that pops up, and you just, you just t- told us you're gonna you're gonna talk with someone else who farms, what are your resources for figuring out? I mean, farming changes all the time. We have we have climate change. You're you're having to deal with all that. What are your resources to understand what needs to happen next? Well, I, my agronomist uh, Chris Messner, he works at uh, Central Farm Service. He's very up to date on everything. Uh, with, and then he gets his uh, knowledge from mm-hmm. the, um, the you know the higher ups that that they visit and talk with uh, chemical companies and. Uh, fungicide companies sure. and what works best for this area what route are we going so far they've been just telling us it's coming okay and this like i said last year we saw it wasn't on it was a very good corn crop there this year we have another corn crop on top of that uh back to back and we're just kind of curious we were it came again but it came a little bit later mm-hmm. this year but it's definitely out there um, the reason why we've been running corn and corn is because we have some pretty heavily um, uh, fertilized ground with hog manure and stuff. So okay. now that's another thing we've had to invest in in uh, hog manure trailers, goes mm-hmm. behind our semi trucks, so we can get the manure to a lot of our different farms we never used to. And trying to spread it. Well, for one thing, it's worth good money right now. Right. Manure is compared right. to you know, it used to be a byproduct. You know, you didn't know what to do with couldn't it. Get rid of it. Yeah, couldn't get rid of it. Now it's like, well, if you're putting you know 150 dollars an acre of fertilizer down, maybe more. Yeah, uh, that's pretty impressive to get that fertilizer moved around. Dave, the uh, different seed companies also do a lot of research, don't they? Uh, a lot of uh, research into insecticides and pesticides and technology for uh, drought resistancy. Uh, and may I also mention the University of Minnesota? Sure. I mean, that's uh, the extension. The, exactly right. We research yeah. and yep. we outreach through extension. Yep. So, uh, you know, the University of Minnesota is very, very, very important to the agricultural community as we look forward to handle the various diseases uh, or the insects or, you know, fertilizers. Yeah, you are spot on. And the University of Minnesota are a larger farming operation than we've ever, I've ever known until just this last couple of weeks. Uh, our local John Deere dealer, you know, well, that one tractor out there, the big tractor out in the backyard here is, uh, is a university tractor. And they trade their equipment every year. Uh, they lease them, you know, for a short amount of time. And uh, but they have a lot of acres, and I didn't realize that. But you know, that's what 
that's where they get their research from is their own acres and stuff. And they're out and about there. We've, we've had university of Minnesota plots on our farms in the past too. And so they're learning a lot from that. And, and definitely I like that cause they're non-biased. Mm-hmm. You know, you got seed mm-hmm. chemical companies, you got, an, right. and you've got your, uh, uh, your regular chemical companies, I'm sorry, you know, I mean, they're very good, all of them are, but they're biased. You know, I can't help but to say they're a little bit on the bias side, you know, and I got this here because this is better than that. And, you know, uh, not that they're raking down anybody else's products, but I mean, the University of Minnesota, I really, we really relate to them. Oh, that's great. It's, it's, uh, thank you, Mr. Swiggum. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just serve as a volunteer there on the, on the board. Great. Yeah. So, um, Corn, beans, hogs, that is your output. Yeah. Um, Steve has educated me a little bit on, on farming and has taught me the word input. You've got, uh, you've got inputs to deal with here. Um, and as I understand it, uh, cost of inputs are skyrocketing. They're, yes. They're th- through the roof. Um, um, you, just, you guys just mentioned to me before we even went on air that the cost of fertilizer might triple next year triple if we can even get it up the river David. that's going to be the thing well, getting it and we're going to talk about that too um t- talk a little bit about how do you you know d- diesel fuel is doubled how do you manage that how how do you how do you overcome that kind of a challenge um good question we went through this in 2008 uh we had the same scenario and then again in 2000 13 probably 14 you know it's you know a lot of this stuff cycles through this one is lagging on longer than when than what we anticipated because of the covid i think has a lot to do with it mm-hmm. um i you know a different administration in office now things are a little different worldwide and of course there's a lot of unrest in the world oh, yes. in our own country um the uh cost of the inputs there again, that's where I lean on my agronomist um, and the, and his superiors t- to tell us when to buy fertilizer. And and I was telling Steve, we talked about earlier, you know, and it's kind of tough when you don't have a crop. We don't know what the 2022 crop is going to be yet, mm-hmm. and we're already paying for 2023 fertilizer in August of this year, and uh, it. You know, you gotta you gotta really communicate with your lender or whatever source of, yeah. of financials you're you're using. Um, that is how we're combating this. Um, uh, just staying alert. And our fertilizer was bought in August again this year, same as last year. Um, it's the same price as it was last year because it's going up again, and it could go up that another one third that was two years ago. And then also we have some great opportunities we've had great opportunities to market this crop that's in the ground and for marketing next year's crop so you can lock in a profit hopefully as long as we start knowing our input costs helps a lot right uh land rent is going up as has been going up the last couple of years i can't blame i can't uh in fact we actually offer a land rent increase with our with our landlords because it's only fair if we're starting to show a profit and we can start showing our decent profits that we share it with them mm-hmm. but they got to realize that this thing will flip and that's yeah. our always our biggest concern is when the year it flips usually the grain commodity prices go down yep 
rapidly, and your input costs will drag for two years before they'll finally come down. You don't want to be down. behind that flip Th- you're that's talking right. about. Uh, that's right. That's... you got to be on the right side of that. Right. Time. When you talk about the world unrest, um, yeah. uh, Rich, and I think maybe it was David <clears throat> mentioned the world unrest, we really do have markets that are worldwide based. Of and course. You think about the Ukraine right now, yes. you know, the breadbasket yeah. of Europe. Yeah. And the difficulties they had in planting because of the Russian invasion. Yep. Uh, and right now, as they're harvesting, I've seen and heard reports of uh, the Russians as they backed off, left mines out in the uh, in the corn and the, the soybean fields and the and the grain fields. At, at least out here at Eastern Family Farms, we don't have to worry about there being mines Mine. out there. Yes, and that and that's why we you hit a fence post once in a while. But you <laughs> do, and, and sometimes an irrigator wheel might pop into the equation, and you didn't get far enough yeah. away from it. And uh, wow, <laughs> but you don't have to worry about mines. It's going to blow do, up, unfortunately, <laughs> in Europe. Our friend John Olson, who is a co-host uh, on Public Policy this week, and also does does a show, show National Security this week, has told me he believes that uh, Ukraine will push Russia out, but there will be nothing left yeah. when, when, uh, when they get out. And that, so that, that is going to increase the demand for your uh, product, but there are um, uh, detrimental factors in there too, aren't there? How, the, how, how, does, how does the international market affect what you're doing? A lot of our fer- fertilizer comes from foreign countries, a lot of it, Ukraine and, and Russia. Uh, the infrastructure is getting blown up. I mean, they're yeah. having troubles getting it shipped over here. We've had, you know, ships went sail for how long because they're fearful of what was going to happen. Um, to what extent that's, how long this is going to linger, we don't know. Right. And unfortunately, some of these fertilizers we don't have in this country, so we have to import it. Yeah. And so... Uh, but in, in the same token, USA feeds the world, helps feed the world. Yes. And so we have to have a place to go with it. Right. And we have to be friendly with all these countries that we've been trading with for years. That's very important. Yep, that's right. My father used to say, David, and I think you knew him from a long time ago, but he used to say, and he uh, wasn't very astute, uh, he was a good farmer, good man, but he's, he would say, if you don't trade goods and services... You will trade armies, yeah. and we don't want to trade we armies. Absolutely we absolutely do not want to, want right. to do that. We, right. we want a market where we can yep. everybody in the world can yep. live better if we trade you other goods and services. Uh, I, Rich, sorry to cut you off. No, not at all. We got to be on the move. Yeah, David go. has to get out in the field with the <laughs> with the truck. They're expecting him. You're going to get up in the combine. I can ask all kinds of questions in the combine too. So, um, David, thank you for this little briefing here. But yep. we're going to uh, talk to your nephew. And we're going to talk to... You're going to talk to Mark first. He's Mark, going, Mark he's runs the combine. combine. And then Mike is in, Mike Michael, is in the Michael truck. Michael in the truck, yep. And, and then uh, we have a hired uh, gentleman in the green cart. Green cart. And like I said, he just he's the driver, and he's fun to kid with. We have a good time with him. <laughs> so, <laughs> we could talk to you forever, but we only have an hour for the show. Oh, right. Right. If you want to do the move part, yeah. yep. which I think yep. might work. Right. If it doesn't work, yeah, that's my fault. <laughs> we're okay. All right. Dave, thank you very much for talking with us. We do appreciate it, sir. Well, thank you very much right. for coming out here, and, right. and you're always welcome. Well, thank you. Yep. That's great. Okay. I climbed into a battered, if trusty, old pickup that David said they used to get around on their property, and he drove me out to meet his brother Mark, who was harvesting soybeans. On the way, David explained to me that he always knew he would go into farming, but had expected to be a dairy farmer. 
However, his plans changed when the cost of building a dairy operation became unaffordable. One of the prerequisite skills of farming, though, is the ability to adapt with changing markets and times. So Eastern Farms' focus turned to corn and soybeans. I was surprised to hear that those two crops are really the only dependable crops that will thrive in Minnesota's short and unpredictable growing season. Luckily, the market for both is so vast that there is plenty of room for an operation like the Eastrams. David dropped me in the middle of a bean field, and Mark Eastram invited me to ride with him in his combine. Mark and I discussed his point of view on the way his farm is taxed, his interest in showing as many people as he can how their operation works, and the way technology has changed in the 50 years that he has been farming. Okay, so now we've moved to the uh, the combine, and we are. Uh, I'm sitting with uh, Mark Eastrom. Mark, we're harvesting beans, right? Harvesting soybeans. We got uh, should finish tomorrow. Weather providing. How many acres of beans do you did you guys plant this year? About eighteen hundred. Eighteen hundred. Okay. And how long does it take to uh, to bring that crop in? Uh, we try to do. Uh, 150, 200 acres a day, so that's about how many days wow. I that, so wow. it works out. Can you tell me about uh, this piece of equipment that we're riding in? We're riding a brand new John Deere 780 combine. Uh, it's got about 150 hours on right now. We usually trade every other year. This is the first tour we've had in a couple of years. We've always had the year old ones. About $700,000. It's pretty automated. Uh, technology is, as you see, it's driving by itself right yeah. now. Yeah. It's, uh, it goes from point A to point B, so right now we're going to straight lines. Is this is this the uh, the same piece of equipment you would use to plant? No. Okay. We've got the tractor, matter of fact, the tractor we're pulling up beside us after a while is what we plant with. Okay. Because but, I know, I mean, what's happening here, this is a GPS guided. Correct. Uh, get a machine. Yep. Um, so our, so how, how, <laughs> our tractor is GPS guided also. Wow. And this one, I can program it, but I'm not going to do it because I want to turn the combine around. This one, we can program so it will turn around by itself. That's really <laughs> kind of amazing. It, 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 so do the tractor and the, the combine talk to each other? Is that like is that how the combine knows to make the turn? <laughs> the tractor and combine can. We're not hooked up that way yet, and I uh, we can't have the tractor and combine talk to each other. And <coughs> excuse me, yeah. they have a uh, right now we do have a person sitting in the tractor. Uh, we have a person sitting in the tractor who drives up to us. And we can't have it automated, so when I get my hopper gets full, I can hit a button and the tractor will come to me and unload and I go back to its destination. That is that is amazing. I don't know anybody that does that in a hurry yet. I mean, it's, it's costly. Yeah. Uh, our truck drivers have to unload the tractor or the wagon into the uh, trucks. That's why we got an extra person out here in case we need help with something. So, but modern technology, yes, eventually. Yeah. Mark, Mark how, how long have you been farming? Well, I'm seven years old. I bought my first herd of cows when I was uh, yeah, 1969. Okay, so 50 plus years. Yep. 
and uh, the technology has, has uh, increased quite a bit since then, hasn't it? Technology <laughs> has changed, and we talk about it with uh, with my dad. Dad saw. I remember the first time that my dad saw her, the combine driving my, myself. I can't repeat what he said, but <laughs> it was just yeah. amazing because a person who grew up with horses, yeah, and then oh, my man. grandparents too, and the horses too. Technology, equipment, changing the settings itself, uh, testing the corn or soybeans. Uh, moisture, it'll set the settings by itself, so it does a perfect job of uh, combining. Um, from people who uh, milk cows by hands to milk machines yep. to my son-in-law's uh, robot milkers now. It's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's technology, 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 and it's, yeah. it's all wonderful and works. As we all know, sometimes it doesn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I don't care what it is. <laughs> what has the technology meant for you in both outlay and on your bottom line? You know, most of it is efficiency. Yeah. Efficiency is the really the name of the game now. Um, uh, this, if I was driving this combine myself. I'd be watching, we've got 40 feet of, we're taking a 40 foot swath right now. And if I was driving myself, I can't watch from there to there and keep track. This way, the machine is driving itself. So we're combating 40 feet at a time. We're unloading on the go right now and I can keep track. Keep, keep we track, are. Yes, I can keep track of the tractor <laughs> and load the trailer efficiently. Um, Everything comes with a price, but technology has definitely helped along with our seed corn, our uh, different traits. You know, instead of getting 60, 70 bushel of corn 50 years ago, 100 bushel of corn, now we're, you know, we're trying to top the 250 mark, sometimes 300. Wow. And uh, it's just, the technology is awesome. Right, it's fantastic. So, for, for our listeners, the, uh, the tractor, and the, uh, the trailer where the seeds are being loaded has pulled up parallel to us. And the, uh, the, the, the boom on the combine is just unloading the, uh, the soybeans into that trailer as we are harvesting. It's amazing. <laughs> it's unloading uh, probably three to four bushel per second. Okay. And so it doesn't take long to empty the combine out. And as we're talking here, Combine was doing a job, and I'm watching the trailer. And we're unloaded, and we none of them, and we never stopped. That's great. That's so cool. <laughs> what What can you tell me about this beanhead? How this is automated, also. It floats. It, it's got several different points. Like every six inches, there's a sensor. So if there's a small rock, it'll flex up over the top of it. We're cutting 40 feet at a time. My next one probably 45 feet. Um, pretty well automated. It's got knives underneath there. It's, it's, I feel how many turns, swipes per second it takes. But it, it follows the ground, follows the contour of the ground. All bad. Well, I can say all bad. So it's automated electronically. Yeah. Like I said, I think the sensors every six inches under there follow the <laughs> contour. That's that's incredible. And we can 
as we're going across the field, we are watching the monitors, see how many bushel per acre we're getting, uh, the moisture. Right that, now is 12.2%, 12% changes as we go. What 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 does the moisture tell you? What what, what do you need to know about the moisture? Uh, soybeans dry as 13.5. So right now we're seeing the, the soybeans are really dry. We're down to 11.9 right now. Okay. And uh, we had some in the same field that was up to 17 or 18. They're going to be stored in a grain bin with some air on air going through them to help dry it down to right now we're 13%. That's optimum, that's perfect right there. Interesting. Uh, uh, shows our yield. This one's right now, we're doing 55. Shows the acre we did today in this field so far. We've gone by this field, two, point, uh, two hour and three minutes. I used 42 gallons of fuel. My average moisture was 14%. And uh, we're doing about just under 19 acres per hour, so all this stuff. Keep track of everything that's going on. We are hooked up to uh, my nephew Michael and my brother David's cell phones. Yep. So instead of having them call me to see what the moisture is and the yield is, they can hook up to the combine here and break up their cell phone. They can just pull all this up on their phone. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, that's happened before that if I'm stopping for some reason, I'm stopping to whatever, sometimes I've got a knife to replace or whatever, I'll get a telephone call and so, okay, you're sitting still, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you're not working, what's happening? <laughs> so it's the, the modern technology. <laughs> so... I was gone over the weekend. I did not hook my phone up to anything. That's good. I let them take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> unplugged, man. Yes, unplugged. Yeah. That's great. We, uh, I, I didn't. I I'm just amazed with the uh, the ride itself. I mean, it's it's really smooth. I expect. I, I did not expect to be able to talk to you while we were while we were riding. It's smooth and it's quiet. Very quiet. And it's uh, that part is so much improved. Well, the ride is awesome. Of course, I got an air ride seat. You do it, but the uh, uh, quietness is just unbelievable. Yeah. How they've got the sound deadening in, the, in this machine, so you listen to the Kim radio, listen to whatever, listen to yeah. Yeah, we appreciate you listening to the KYNS. We try that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> That's yes, we do. Yeah. I, I got to hear what's going on in the local news there. And, well, we appreciate that. What you can do when you stream stuff. It's pretty neat with the uh, old Wi-Fi system where we can, you know, here we're not next to it. Right. Computer system. Still picks up everything, so it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And it's dusty out here today. Oh sure. Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's an occupational hazard, I would think. <laughs> Last night was so dusty that we virtually could not. My nephew said the same thing the other night. We virtually could not see the bottom of the combine uh, there. It was so dusty. The, the tractor driver trying to uh, uh, find us to stay this far away. <laughs> <laughs> But you can't combine it when it's, uh, when it's uh, 
radio, so we'll put up the dust. That'd be great. Now, how many people working in your operation would you trust to operate this machine? Boy, oh, well, that's back to my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Last year, when my uh, wife and I took off a couple days for her 50th anniversary, yeah. my brother David drove the combine for three days. Yeah. He's not a combine armor, but he can drive it. All right. One of my nephews uh, drove this past weekend for three days. Um, and the, that's hauling grain right now. I would trust him too. He knows the stuff. Yeah. And yeah, it's once you get it pretty well set, I mean it's pretty easy to operate just if you have a big piece of equipment here to handle. And they all handle big machinery so they they're used to handling stuff. Uh, pretty much the drive system is the same on whether we've got the tractors or uh, your hydraulics, so it's pretty much the same. Cool. So they can all handle it just we can even have a city person get out here and teach him how to drive it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a tall order though, I think. With the technology and stuff, we're, we're teaching her. We, we're talking about giving rides to neighbors yeah. and kids. People don't realize that food does not come right from a grocery store. They think it comes <laughs> Walmart or Cub Foods or wherever. Okay. Yeah. This is where it starts out here in the countryside. We have, uh, that's why we give rides to everybody, that, a lot of different people. Um, give tours out the farm. We can't have everybody, you gotta stay away from the uh, hog farms because of biosecurity. Um, my son-in-law, New Prague, they built the uh, robotic uh, milking parlor mm -hmm. um, where the cows milk themselves on average 2.3 uh, times seven times seven five times a day the cows milk themselves yes they, they it's just... all robots and it's, uh, we've had a lot of tours out there a lot of my friends and, and relatives we take out and give them a tour of the farm and my uh, daughter and my my seven-year-old granddaughter love giving tours of the robotic milkers and watch the cows come up and, and pet them and they got a sweet feed where they uh, come in and get fed it's, it's pretty amazing it's uh but yeah that's how we promote our agriculture is on tours yeah like today we're giving rides again it's right. impressive to everybody so it's pretty neat yeah really pretty and we love doing it i have a gentleman that i i drive a motor coach for northfield lines too so i meet a lot of people and uh, met a young man from uh Maine last spring doing a trip. <laughs> He's taking uh, an airline pilot out, taking school out of Mankato. And we're talking farming. So he was out here this spring, rode the corn planter with me. Never seen a tractor before, never wow. seen a planter. And he's going to come out here and uh, watch us uh, ride with me when combining sometime too. He's, you know, I've never been on a farm before, so he was out for a couple hours this spring. And, it was amazing. It was awesome. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Never seen it before. That's just tremendous. Mark, I got to ask you about property taxes. Uh, obviously, we need taxes to run the uh, the counties and, and, and whatnot. Um, property taxes, you're right. Everything needs to be 
we need property taxes. Where it's just a, it's just part of being right, being American to pay taxes, yep. whether it be property taxes or what. And uh, I know the uh, school referendum is coming up now, and I was talking to uh, Matt one day about it. Uh, Superintendent Hillman, yep. Matt Hillman, and we. I see what he means. We're not going to go up very much. Um, I don't have any kids in school anymore. It's got grandkids in school, sure. so we do follow that. And yes, we want our school system to keep going. I think we're very proud of our Northfield school system yeah, and uh, what they've been doing with the upkeep. And it takes money to do it. And it takes money to keep our teachers. So yes, our uh, but we do watch it a little bit as a farmer. We don't want to pay the whole cost of the levies. Right. And uh, so we do, we're very cautious about that. I think all of us want to support support our school system, but as farmers who own land, which is, you know, they keep talking about the uh, houses in, in town, which $400,000 house or $500,000 house. We start talking to a farmer that has uh, couple hundred acres of land or 500 acres of land at $8,000 an acre, you're starting to talk a lot of money. Yeah. And that part, you know, we don't want to pay our share, but we don't want to pay for everything. Sure. Um, it's cost us money to get to where we're at today. Right. right. And, um, you know, this year we've been doing okay. We're not going to argue. We had good, good yields for the, for the year we had. Mm-hmm. Market our crops pretty decent over the last couple of years, so we did okay. We're not, I don't, I will not complain about, I don't know my brother won't either uh, complain about what, what's been going on, but we want to pay our share, but we want to pay everybody's share. Of right. Share the like. And uh, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I yeah. Is it, is, is it, in your opinion, a property tax is the fair system? To do this, or should we be looking at sales tax? Should we be looking at income tax, something like that? And the sales tax that was just brought up about something that was brought up about the uh, new um, sheriff's department in Fairville. I think uh, mm -hmm. additional sales tax would probably better be beneficial for everybody. And that was one of the things that they were talking about the farmers getting hung with pigs and they hook up a lot of property and stuff versus the holders of the not everybody can be farmers, and not, you know. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of you know, people are working to pay, people are working to pay a tax now with inflation and stuff. But I uh, personally think that probably a sales tax would help pay for some of that, where everybody pays whatever you go and buy stuff you're paying for. It. Right. Yeah. There's pros and cons of that too, and we can <laughs> talk about forever. <laughs> Mark suggested that he would rather talk about politics than taxes. We both laughed when I said that that was where I had to leave him. From there, I met 29-year-old Michael Eastrom. Mike is one of the late Kevin Eastrom's two sons, and he and his brother Derek are now both part owners of Eastrom Farms. As I rode with him in the cab of an Eastrom Farm semi-truck, our conversation bounced between the topics of storing beans, the hog finishing operation that his father started and he now runs, and the outlook of a young farmer. We've now jumped from... I was in the uh, I was in the combine with your uncle Mark, and now I'm with Mike, and and we're 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 in the semi, and we're taking the grain where we're taking it to a storage bin. 
farm that your uh, your grandfather started? Is that uh... absolutely? I will, yeah, continue to farm until I can't anymore. And then I have a two-year-old son that uh, hopefully can be involved in the operation. Right. And uh, yeah, we're gonna try and keep it going for as long as we can. Of course, it all depends on the markets and the economy and everything else. Yep. Well, I just put it as simple as I can. We're going to farm until we can. Yep. So that's fall contracts. So, so you guys, you guys contract every year with somebody who says, okay, I want X amount of beans. Is that is that how this works? Is Basically, yeah. Uh, we uh, we normally try and sell uh, when prices are good in the in the summer, and uh, we shop around with different uh, companies and. Uh, some of our beans are going to Car Cargill up in Savage. Some are going to CGB. Uh, a lot of our corn goes to ethanol. And uh, yeah, just different locations depending on the price. And we can contract a certain amount of bushels for a certain price that we're happy with. And hopefully it's uh, it's above our income for, for input costs. Right, right. It's kind of the whole key. So, but you know, Midsummer, where where your crops are going? Yep, yep. We try to uh, sell at least fifty percent of uh, of uh, our crops that are predicted, and uh, that way, if we have a little bit less or a little bit more of a yield, we can kind of play with it. Like right now, we fill our contracts, so we're putting it in a bin. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, uh, we'll probably just take cash price and all into the cities. It's not terrible right now. Yeah. So the the point of, of storing it. And if something happens next year, or you know, how long? Will, how long will we store? I mean, how can you hang? I, <laughs> I honestly don't know. We, okay. we always stick to trying to get rid of them as as soon as we can, uh, because normally it is a, a nightmare with the, with the pods plugging up the, the auger. Sure. And, uh, yeah, no one wants to go on a bean bin because it's so dusty. So we'll, we'll try and take uh, storing corn over beans in each day. Okay. And then talking with uh, talking with Dave, I mean, everything was you know my brother, my nephew. Uh, this is all family stuff. I mean, you guys are you guys. This is a true family-run operation. Yes, yes, it is. And I have to give a shout out to my cousin Maddie's from He uh, moved back home in the area here from Castle Rock a little bit ago. He's been my right hand man on the farm. If ever I have a breakdown or if ever I need help brainstorming how to fabricate something differently, he's always there. He, he's a uh, full time employee for the city of Brooksville, but he takes time off just to help with ball harvest. So he just ran the combine for Mark as he took a uh, nice little vacation for his anniversary this fall. Nice. Yeah, cousin Matt is definitely a huge part of this operation. Thank God there's a lot of you. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of us. Uh, my brother Derek, he's actually hauling uh, uh, our beans, Derek's and my beans, up to the cities right now uh, with another hired help guy, and uh, we're getting rid of those contracts as well. 
Yeah, Dave was telling us that, but you guys have started up your own operation, too. Yep, yep. we got the wonderful opportunity. Uh, it really was a silver lining, kind of bittersweet yeah. thing that Dad passed away. Because Dad was able to uh, share his shares in the farm to his son's main, main therapy. So we got uh, put in it and uh, started our own operation as well as being a part of East and uh, your two uncles welcome you. Yes. Uh, it's hard working with family sometimes, but yep. we, we figure it out. And, yeah, they they didn't want to lose a brother, and we didn't want to lose a dad. But here we are farming side by side with them. And I uh, believe dad's with us farming still. Yeah. With us. So, yeah. so the, uh, the storage bins we're heading for, how, 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 how big are they? So our uh, our site that we're going to now has a 10,000, uh, roughly 10,000 bushel uh, bin. So pretty small compared to standard size, but uh, we don't want to store that many beans, like I said. Yeah. So this is a perfect site to store them at. It has a full ventilated floor, uh, keep air moving through them. And then there's a couple other uh, 5,000 bushel bins there too.
what uh, what do you prefer? Do, do you like doing the hogs? Would you rather be? Honestly, it's it's a nice source of off farm income to kind of offset the the other stuff. Sure. Uh, uh, they it basically pays for LP for drying uh, corn or corn in the fall, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it keeps the lights on. Yeah. And being that we're contract growers, there's no risk to us. So if we got the space, we'll, we'll store the hogs. Fantastic. So this is the site. This is site three. As we pulled into one of the Eastrum's storage sites, we were met by my co-host, Steve Swiggum, who finished the day with some inspiring words from one farming generation to another. Mike, uh, it's been a great day out here at the Eastrum Farms. Uh, if I, my memory is correct, about 25 years ago, your grandma and grandpa were Rice County Farm Family of the Year. Mm-hmm. And I believe your dad and your two uncles uh, were Rice County Family Farm of the Year four or five years ago. That's correct. Tell me about the hopes and dreams that you have. Maybe 25 years from now, will you and your brother be Rice County we, Family Farmer of the Year? We sure hope to be, and we'll strive every day to try and accomplish that. We have high standards to live up to. Growing in su- growing up in such a great family that we're going to be the best farmers we can be and make Grandpa and Grandma proud, make our dads and uncles proud. It's been great for us to be out here at Eastern yeah. Family Farms. What, what a what a great day, yes. great harvest. The harvest special is successful. <laughs> Beautiful. We always like to conclude our shows by saying this was a great and informative hour of radio. But for me, my time with Steve and the Eastrums was truly educational and eye-opening. I want to thank David, Mark, and Michael Eastrum, as well as everyone at Eastrum Farms, for being so willing to talk with us and for being so welcoming. Also, special thanks to my co-host, Steve Swiggum, for doing so much of the legwork to put this show together. That concludes this week's edition of Public Policy This Week. We're on KYMN Radio, AM 1080 and FM 95.1 each Friday morning from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock a.m. Your hosts for today's program have been myself, Rich Larson, and Steve Swiggum. It is our hope that this show can be a small step to having important, meaningful, in-depth conversations about public policy challenges and solutions. We want our listeners to be informed by facts as they hear from our experienced policy experts so you can use that information to form your own personal opinions about highly complex policy issues. Once again, thank you for joining us today for Public Policy This Week. We hope you'll join our show again next Friday morning at 10 a.m. Have a great rest of your day and a superb weekend. Take care. You've been listening to Public Policy This Week. Tune in every Friday morning at 10 a.m. for more conversation with policy experts. Remember, this show can be found on your favorite podcast platform or stream it from kymnradio.net.